Welcome to Just Another Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Soderberg. Today's guest, I had Chris Rudolph on to talk. He's from Waterfront Concerts. We talked the beginning of Waterfront Concerts, in a sense, with Kabang and how that morphed into the Waterfront Concerts. We talked Canoe, their new restaurant. They're opening in Old Town and different experience you're going to get there. Uh, we talked live music as a whole. Um, but we just had a com- great conversation about how um, live music has affected Bangor, uh, improved the economy, improved downtown and the waterfront. We also talked about how the pandemic has affected and the fact that they had no concerts this past summer um, in the massive size. They did a couple of nonprofit fundraiser concerts in Westbrook um, to raise money for food, sh- uh, food houses and food shelters and things like that down there. So it was a really cool conversation to be able to chat and interact with Chris. Uh, we talked about the uh, idea of what you could expect next summer when 2021 comes around and the concerts are back about bathrooms, uh, upgrades, different upgrades at the, at the waterfront in downtown Bangor. Um, so it was a great conversation. I hope you guys really enjoy it. It's worth listening to if you're from the Bangor area. Um, if you're really interested in just music and live music in the whole and some of the back, you know, behind the scenes stuff, uh, Chris has all that uh, info as well. So uh, hopefully we'll get Chris back again to talk when there's actual concerts going on um, on the waterfront in Bangor. But for right now, we were able to talk just about the complete history kind of of waterfront concerts, but as well as what happened this summer with the COVID hitting and all that stuff too. So I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, and uh, this is Chris Rudolph and me. Thanks. How's it going, Chris? Hey, man. How are you? I'm doing excellent. I'm having a beer here at like one o'clock in the afternoon. It's, you know, how worse can that get? You're living the dream right now, buddy. It's nice because uh, I changed my schedule up at Orner Brewing Company. So I do work Tuesday through Saturday most weeks, but every once in a while I have a Monday, but I work in the morning from home. Yeah. And so I get to a point around noon, 1230 and I'm like, okay, sounds good. Time for a beer and uh, relaxing. <laughs> so this works out pretty well. So I'm trying to recover from that. I had uh... My wife was away this weekend, so I did some painting of the house, trying to get that into the last minute before the winter comes. And uh, actually, was was having quite a bit of your product uh, this this past weekend as well. So. so I got get after it. We just canned it. It's so easy drinking. It's like I could just crash too many of them. I think, but not bad. Tends <laughs> to happen with anything Asa touches. Yep. See, it's funny. Asa told me so. I talked to Asa on Friday. And I told him, I was like, oh, Chris is going to come on the podcast next week. And he's, I was like, oh, do we have any more quality control cans of the Waterfront Concerts beer we did last year? And he's like, I don't think so. Maybe some really bad ones, ones that we like put in like 90 degree weather. Right. So that like we see how bad the cans get when they're that yeah. temperature. I was like, I don't want to drink one. Maybe I'll bring one and put it on the thing. And he's like, no, actually. And I forgot to do it. He goes, you really should screw with Chris and take a get after it can, peel the label off and put a kilowatt label on it. And just sit here, start drinking kilo, like pretend like I'm drinking kilowatt just to piss them off. No, you tell Asa that's not a thing we do. We don't, we don't mess with my kilowatt. It's not something I'm very happy about ever. I think we're gonna bring back megawatt here pretty soon, though. So we'll be happy with that. The, um, I enjoyed that beer quite a bit. Uh, kilowatt will always be my favorite of all of the OBC brews, but megawatt was very nice. The packaging was wonderful. Well done on the label. Thank you. Um, and uh, the flavor palette was just amazing. So. Well yeah, and I think I mean it's I think the the spicy beers are not uh, not unpopular. I tell you that much. People do like them. So Man, cool. that, the lemon and the habanero and just that that you know hot cold, if you will, it's a cool and then the heat. It's brilliant. I love it so much. But 
So that's Orna Brewing Company. We're here to talk about. Uh, I could talk about this. that all. all yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're talking about waterfront concerts, and uh, so Chris works for waterfront concerts. He uh, does a lot of various things, but uh, he's a, he was our touch person last year at Orna Brewing Company when we did the 10th anniversary uh, beer. So uh, I've known Chris for a little bit now because of Orna Brewing Company. I used to come in uh, to downtown location when I was bartending, uh, but uh, he's been. Dealing with you basically been dealing with concerts in Waterfront for a long time, not just WFC, but you've also done like you Kabang. Was Kabang part of Waterfront concerts? Or was that its own? No, thing? it wasn't. Um, it's a it's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were two separate entities. Okay. There are a lot of us um, who are with Waterfront concerts that started there. Um, but yeah, Kabang was um, you know the fact that it was over a decade ago now is. It makes me feel my age more than I already do. But yeah, we've been doing this for a while. We started, um, you know, I started with the bang really in 11, um, you know, end of 10, unofficially helping on site in 11, and then came to Waterfront Concerts in 2013. So we've been doing this, um, you know, full time for, this is going to be my ninth season we're going into. Um, so it seems like it was yesterday when I was at Patty Murphy's, but here we are. It's it's pretty crazy because I completely forgot because I moved back to Bangor in 2016 and I moved away in 06. So right in the middle of that was when like cool shit was happening on the waterfront in Bangor, like with Kabang coming in, all that stuff, and then that it worked and now it's at the waterfront concerts. I kept on thinking like, oh my god, look at the cool acts that are coming to Bangor, and I'm now in Boston area. So I was like, it doesn't really matter to me because I get all those same acts come to Boston. But right. it was just really cool to see a town that I grew up in to have these cool acts and and people that I kind of admired or listened to, or even my parents listened to, have that happen. So it was funny because last week I had uh, Ben Sprague on the podcast, and he brought up Kabang, just ideas of different things that have happened in Bangor over the years. And I laughed because I was like, I remember it being publicized online and all that stuff, but I never went because I was in you know, Massachusetts. And it was like, it'd be really cool to come up to go to it, but it wasn't something that I was going to take the, the time off for at the time. I mean, now it's like if that was happening in Bangor now, I would be there all weekend. But we have other options now with other concerts that you guys have brought in. Um, yeah, but it was just kind of funny. I think with Kabang in particular, uh, you know, I don't think that there's many things that I've been as proud of to be a part of as when what we did in that in that time period. The people that I worked with, I know you're very familiar with most of them, but Josh and Meg and Tim, that entire crew, um, they had ideas that were far ahead of uh, where we thought we were going to go with it. And I actually, the last time I saw Josh, I apologized to him. I said, I wish I knew how to do what I do now when we were doing that. Because I feel like where we were as individuals and all around, we just missed some things that we could have been hugely successful. So that haunts me a little bit. But I was so proud of being part of that group. Um, and quite frankly, I wouldn't be in this position if I hadn't had that experience because, you know, it was, it one led right into the other, as you say. Um, and we, you know, have been able to do some really cool things here. But yeah, I always, I always give a nod back to that time because it's such a, not only an important time in my life, but it's also like such, such a great, wonderful group of people that I got to do some really cool things with. And I kind of came the other way, right? So I moved up here in 2000 from Boston. And you and I kind of crossed paths there. And, and, you know, I'd grown up there and moved up here in 2000. And it was very much a, there's nothing to do here. And I would tell people that I moved here 
um, in my age demographic, and they were all telling me they were going to Boston. They were saying, what are you doing here? Why did you come here? And I think it's, you know, there wasn't as much to do here now, or as there is now, right? But it was a grass is always greener kind of situation. You go, you see how it is. There are points to the city that you love and you miss and you always want to have. But there's also something to be said for what it is here to begin with, but then what we've been able to grow here. Um, you know, it's, it's amazing how far a little town like Bangor has just spread its wings. I mean, it is, it's hard to plan and, and, and do events for businesses or anything around people who are between the ages of 17 and 20. Because it's just a weird age that you don't know what people are going to be doing and, and the money's not there for them to spend and, and so on. So it does make sense when someone was like, well, yeah, you moved back when you were 21. Right. So like after 21, I was over 21. But it's saying like you went away when you were 18 and moved back when you were post 21, which means that there was bars, restaurants. I could go to con. I had money or not a ton of it, but I had money. I could go to concerts. I could go to events. I could do things. Um, but it does make sense. There is that weird gap year that it would be nice. And you do, you guys bring in acts that kind of tend, you know, tend to have that attractiveness to it too. So that if you are the 18, 19 year old person who has a little bit of money can come to waterfront concerts and experience something that I didn't get when I was that age, cause it wasn't there. I mean, 2006, it wasn't something, the waterfront was not what it looked like now at all. No. And that's the thing, right? I mean, even with going back and again, you know, with what it was, um, one of our, our not failures, but one of the hard things is when you are catering to the younger crowd, the only way you make money in this industry is to have those food and beverage sales. And they're not there to a crowd that doesn't have that kind of income to begin with. And I think that's part of the reason why some of the shows that we'd love to see, um, you just can't bring them a lot of the time because you, you can't pay for them. You know, a lot of the things that people don't understand with what we do is that um, all of that ticket money goes to the artists. We don't set the prices. We don't set, you know, all of the, what the tickets end up being. We know what the band is going to charge us to come. We have to then set the ticket prices to pay the artists, but they take all of that revenue. So the only way that we make our revenue is off of season seats and sponsorship and then food and beverage. And if we don't have those, then we can't survive. Um, so I think that's lost a little bit. And when you have some of the, the mid-range artists that skew towards that 15 to 19 demographic, they're wonderful and you want to be able to do them, but you can't have that be it because you just you can't long-term make any money off of it. And I appreciate that because I started my marketing career doing marketing for a concert company in New Hampshire, which is on the Soul Fest in, in, in New Hampshire. And I mean, that's a nonprofit organization putting on a concert too. So it's like, you know, when someone's like, oh, you should get this artist or this artist. And you're like, well, yeah, if you do that, then the ticket's going to be $300 for the weekend. Sure. Or I can bring in a bunch of medium artists and the ticket's going to be $125 a weekend. And again, most of that ticket sales went to paying for the artist, not it's the t-shirt sales, the food sales, and the vendor sales, and all those different people who show up and, and different things like that that actually make help pay for the actual event you put on, yeah, plus the salaries of the employees and all that stuff. So I always have always respected whenever I go, oh, you should really get this person there. I always know it's a loaded statement because I know for a fact that if you want this X person to come, I have to be willing to spend $150 for a three-hour right. concert because right. just where you are and when it's not part of a tour, if they're part of a tour, obviously, like I know that little bit, it's probably a little bit cheaper than if it's a one-time event. Um, there's a couple of things that go into it, but yeah, it's a. Uh, I, I, my favorite thing ever is, I mean, working in the brewing industry is you really should make this beer. It's the same thing in the in the concert industry, right? You really should get this act here. It's like 
It's not as simple as just being like, yeah, sure. We'll call them up. They'll be there tomorrow. The one thing that when I started working here, um, you know, when I came into the office full time in, in 13, there was, you know, the five of us and the majority was listening to EDM and all that sort of thing at a time. I wasn't usually familiar with it, right? Um, and have come to appreciate it, whether I like it or not at this point. But, um, you know, I came in and the big thing that they always said around the office is if we did the shows that from the music that we love, we wouldn't sell a single ticket. You know, so it is, you have to find, everybody thinks that we're huge country people and all those sorts of things. It's just what sells and it's the demographic that we're in and it's where you can be successful all around because people want to go to a country show and have some beers and hang out with your friends. And it, it just breeds to an environment where we can all be successful. Whereas to your point with an artist that you want to see, listen, we all want to see Metallica and you want to see, you know, Pearl Jam and all these bands. And our hope is, as we continue to grow the waterfront, the improvements that are coming, which there are many, and we're, we're hopeful to go forward with that. Um, the opportunities will present themselves as we grow our capacity and everything else to have those abilities. Because as your point with the touring and all those sorts of things, well, yeah, but if they're on a tour, you have to skew them to come up from Bangor or from Boston to Bangor. You have to give them that reason to come. And there's a level of competition that just, it makes it you know more difficult. So what we've tried to do is, you know, do our, our best to make the artist experience that much better so that they, when they come, they want to stay and they want to come back. Um, but, you know, to your point, if you, you know, you go see Metallica at Gillette, you know, I bought a $120 ticket to go see Metallica at Gillette Stadium a few years ago with my brother and I was at the nosebleeds as far as you could possibly go back. And if that were to be in Bangor, you know, people have to understand that those nosebleeds in our place are a hell of a lot closer but it has to be a $250, $300 ticket because we can't pay the bands otherwise. I saw uh, Springsteen, my ex-father-in-law gave me a free ticket. To, he, he had bought tickets and then won tickets to see Springsteen at Gillette. And the entire time I was at Gillette Stadium, I was watching the screen because I couldn't see yeah. Springsteen. So there's a, there's a difference on that. Yes, obviously it's more expensive, but you're going to have a better experience in all likelihood at a smaller venue like Waterfront Concerts and Darling's Waterfront Pavilion. Um, that's pretty cool. The, the 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 relation and the idea that it's way more expensive, not way more. It can be more expensive to see them in Bangor, but you're also closer. So I, I understand that aspect of it too. You know, our big argument with anything um, as far as promotions, we always felt, especially the early years, when people would say, "Oh, we're doing a promotion to give away tickets to the Red Sox, Patriots, whatever it might be." Right? I'm a big fan of sports, and I love going to those games. I like it a lot more when I'm right down the street. Right? And I have the luxury of having my folks there and being able to stay and, you know, spend the night there and spend some time with my family and everything else. But when you give someone in the county two tickets to a Red Sox game or a Patriots game, you're essentially giving them a $400, $500, $600 bill just to go and enjoy the free tickets that you've given them. So sure, there's the expenses, but to your point, you are right here. So you don't have to get a hotel. You don't have to pay gas and tolls. You are home within 30 to 40 minutes, even if you live far away from it. So there are those kinds of things that balance it out that really make the overall experience not only much more enjoyable and much more um, intimate, but also much more affordable in the scheme of, you know, going down to Gillette and everything else. So, and really with the improvements that we're making, as I spoke to, I mean, we're, we're in a very good position here where people are going to, you know, you're not going to feel like you're just walking into a park to watch a show. We're on the verge of offering state-of-the-art, you know, amenities that, that a lot of venues really talking to the Live Nation folks, they've told us that they're, you know, they're very jealous about what we're going to be able to offer here. 
it's it's the what you're what you spoke on on the um, being right here in town. It's the first place that I've lived. So I've lived in Massachusetts. I lived in Connecticut for like a few months, and then now I live back up here in Southern Maine as well in Kittery. But um, that I know people who go to the waterfront concerts, even if it's not a musical act that they know or want to go to, because it's something to do on a Friday night that's not super expensive sure. that I can be home to, that night. And it's like, if you're into country, but maybe you're not into the specific country artists that you might go because it's like, Hey, I'll just drink some beer and have some concept food and hang out on a Friday night. Maybe I won't even stay for the finishing act, but I'll just go out for Friday night. I've in Massachusetts. You don't hear that. No one just goes to Boston to go to a concert. It's like, nah, I'll pick the ones that I want to go to. It's pretty unique and cool to see that aspect of how many people I know that just show pictures on their Instagram or their Facebook. And I'm like, they're in a metal music. Why are they at a country show? And they just like, oh, we just went because, you know, our friends were going and we thought we'd go. And it's like, that's a cool experience that you wouldn't get anywhere else, I don't think. Or there's probably somewhere else in the United States that does that. But not Massachusetts. No, no it's not Massachusetts. Right. I mean, you know, it's a different time, right? So there's a lot of different variables that go into play with that. And, and having grown up in Mass with Great Woods in a time when you check the newspaper, at the beginning of the summer to see what the concert lineup was, right? And it wasn't, you didn't look at the newspaper and see the lineup and they had every single show that they had booked for the summer. It's just right there in front of you at Greywoods. And you didn't pick through it to find the shows that you hated. And you only looked for the one or two that you wanted to go to and then you went. And now with Facebook, it's like, every time we post a show, it's, ah, it's the worst. And it's like, then keep going, yeah. you know? It's a whole different ballgame for advertising and everything else, too, because it's, we live in an instant gratification society anyway in time where you can get everything at your fingertips. So to see people be so bad when a band that they don't like comes, it's kind of like, well, then wait for the one that you do like and be super excited about that. And how about we just wait and post then, um, you know, because it is it, it's a different thing. And we didn't just go to you didn't go to Great Woods or, or you know, to, at the time, the garden or wherever. You didn't go to just see a show for the sake of seeing a show. You had enough things outside of that to do, but it also, you know, and tickets weren't that expensive when I was growing up. It was, you know, $25 to go see the Allman Brothers. And that was, that was our event. You know, that was what we did every single summer. And we'd go to two or three shows. Um, but you're right. I mean, Bangor is very unique in that. You see the same people at a lot of shows. Um, our season C program is huge. And it's because people just want to get out in the summer and hang and have a good time. And it's made a lot easier with like different uh, restaurants downtown are now growing and adding. So you can go out for food before as well. Going to that, there's been, like, there's transportation, there's, there's all kinds of hotels that have gone up. I mean, Ben Sprague spoke to it. It's, it's, it's huge that something like the waterfront concerts and the, and the growth of downtown Bangor has added millions of dollars into the economy in the Bangor area because of the expansion of hotel, people coming from the County or from Portland, even to come up yeah. here to a concert that you guys booked. But now you also have the idea that you also put shows into Westbrook. So Westbrook's now is also pulling people from even the county or in Bangor to go to Westbrook. Because Westbrook's not that far, a couple hours. It's a lot easier to drive to Westbrook on a Friday night than it is to go to, from like Haverhill to Boston on a Friday sure. night for a show. So, I mean, it is about the same distance of traffic as a problem <laughs> uh, time-wise. So it is pretty crazy what you guys have been able to do in a place like Bangor. It's, just, it's um, you know, my cousins have come up here now to see Kenny Chesney because they, A, they have started to make people happy. Well, they'll go to the casino and all those sorts of things, which is the whole point, right? You want people to be able to come. But we joke with them 
I went to see the Black Sabbath final tour a couple of years ago, and we had some good parking in the in the VIP lot. And my brother, who I also had parking for, and he was he wanted to stay with his people, as I was told. So he parked in the general lot. Um, and he called me when he was getting out of the lot and he said, Hey, what's going on? He said, Where are you? I said, I'm in Waterville. And he said, You're kidding. And I said, No. I said, Where are you? He goes, I'm just getting out of the lot right now. So he lives 15 minutes away from Great Woods or Xfinity Center now. And we got home 30 minutes apart and I came all the way back to Bangalore. So it really is something to be said with how easy it is to go from a show and be sitting at a table at Caddy's or Gagan's or wherever it might be 15 minutes later. I mean, that's that's a real gift that people, I don't think, if, they, if they're not familiar with what the other places are, understand to its fullest capacity. And I mean, obviously, like any venue, this is not, and this is not a slight against Waterfront concerts, but you have a line to get into. And especially now with the uh, security protocols that have to be in place and all that stuff, there's sure. a line. So a lot of times if you're like, Oh, I'm just, I'm in a, I have a seat. Maybe I got a premium seat and so on. Is you can hang out at Nocturne and have a beer up until 15 minutes before the show starts and walk up and get in line and then get to your seat and then wait for in between bands. Then you can get up and get a beer or, you know, concessions or whatever. But I know people who, you know, if you just show up at, you know, an hour before the show waiting for the line to die down, I could be drinking a beer downtown and be making it up because it's right there. It's not like you guys are. It's not like the Xfinity Center, for example, now is in the, it's really in the middle of nowhere in a sense. It's not like you can walk somewhere like you'd have to walk through the parking lot down in, down in Mansfield to actually get somewhere. Sure. Uh, whereas Bangor, it's like it's literally like a 15 minute walk from downtown to the concerts. And it's like or Sea Dog is right there as well. And Gagans is the opposite direction. It's really kind of cool. But, you know, obviously now <laughs> in this world we live in. Um, no music was played other than probably in the headphones of construction workers on the waterfront this year uh, due to this pandemic. Yes. Um, I'm looking at your affected waterfront concerts event on your website, and it's just canceled, 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 canceled. It was how is how is this affected? How is this affected? I mean, obviously it's affected you guys, but you guys, like you mentioned, we talked at the beginning of this summer uh, about how Yes, it sucks that we're not able to have live music on the waterfront, and it does impact the economy in Bangor and all that stuff. But you just said mentioned earlier about improvements. You guys, you told me that is this basically you guys have no concerts this summer, so you've done worried about improvements to the waterfront, you know, Darlings Waterfront Pavilion, or so we were already um, slated to do it. We'd obviously signed a forty-year extension with the city of Bangor, so we're here. You know, we we have no intention, um, obviously pre-COVID in particular, to to go anywhere, and we were. Um, in the midst of some really cool infrastructure things that were going to help us to be successful. So phase one of our renovation was slated to be done for June, which was 120 bathrooms, you know, full bathrooms. We added 40 last year, so we're going to add another 80. Um, a second entrance up on the lawn so that it was a full, you know, concession style, kiosk style, everything up on the lawn to make it the ease of access thing, and then also to get rid of all those choke points and some of the long lines that you even talked about a couple minutes ago. So that stuff was already being done um, with knowing that phase two was gonna be main savings is building a vault similar to um, Duncan, we're calling it vault at Darling's Waterfront Pavilion. Um, it's a, another VIP club. We're adding luxury boxes similar to the cross in every major arena you go. So we'll have reels, corporate suites, and um, you know a, a lot of, infrastructure improvements that'll just make the overall experience 
much more of a venue versus like I had mentioned, kind of a city park feel. Um, so we were in the middle of doing really a lot of the, um, the underground stuff, adding the wiring and all of the, the conduit, and, you know, everything that goes into that plumbing. Uh, and then this hit hard, you know, and it was kind of one of those where we're about to pour concrete. Uh, it gave us a little bit more time to step back and think about how we wanted to do it. There's some things that we've actually tweaked because of the pandemic that gave us a minute to take that extra second that we wouldn't have had to make some of these improvements the way that we really should make them for long-term viability versus just let's do this because it's awesome and it will work. And then we look at it as a an overall, you know, big picture view and we say, wow, I'm glad we had some time to to not do that. Um, you know, we pivoted. It's the big thing this year is pivoting. Um, if you don't, in any business, as we've seen it, you can you can get shriveled up real quick. And it's been really sad personally to see a lot of local businesses that I really thought had a chance had just started and they kind of lost their footing. And that's um, it's really unfortunate. And we we made a conscious effort very early that we needed to change a lot of the things that we were doing because you know we have no revenue coming, you know, and we we were a victim to this in a lot of ways too. We're an independent promoter and we, you know, we had to furlough people and let people who I love dearly, you know, take a little bit of a break here during the summer. And the goal obviously is to bring them all back. Um, we have every intention to continue doing what we're doing um, with live music. And this has just been one of those where we've had to turn our attention. We did the live concert streaming series out of Westbrook. Uh, we raised some money for charity to do it, to, to try to end hunger in Maine with our friends at Maine Savings Bank. And, you know, we gave money to Good Shepherd Food Bank and Preble Street and a lot of these other, um, you know, nonprofits. So there is some good that we've been able to do that we wouldn't have been able to necessarily attack. And now that's going to be something that we'll do even next year when we are doing concerts. We'll do these little live streaming events. You know, I got to tell you personally that I haven't had this much fun doing shows as I did this summer, you know, running a video camera. We knew that. When you get forced into a situation that you haven't done since you were starting out, it, it, there's something to be said to triaging, you know, and to learning new things individually. It is. I mean, it's cool because I think you stepped back and you were able to not. I mean, you you're stressed through the summer. I mean, Taylor, we, ta we were talking uh, about you coming on and last night. Taylor goes, oh, I remember the last time we ran into Chris at Hannaford and Brewer and he looked like he was about to keel over. <laughs> I was like this that was like what not this past year but like last time i just ran into you in public that yeah. wasn't at obc or whatever or yeah, the uh, waterfront grocery store or something yeah, yeah and you just you were tired it's like it, it, it takes a lot out of you and it is like i said i talked to lisa sturgeon a couple of weeks ago about you know that we can't covid's not a positive thing at all like there's zero positivity came out of a pandemic but there's a small like silver linings in it and it's the things that you were able to do in this time off or forced time off or whatever and the main savings, you know, live streaming thing, A, gave you something to do for raising fun, funds for, for a nonprofit, but also the fact that you gave you time to figure this out so you could do it with the future. Because yeah. if you were trying to launch this at the same time that, you know, Ozzy Osbourne's on stage in Bangor, you wouldn't have time and effort and all that yeah, stuff to do that. we wouldn't have been able to. We wouldn't have done it probably, period. And now it's something that we offer with our sister company, which is Production Services in Maine. So everybody that's hired through our company for Waterfront Concerts to work the shows and even at the restaurant that we're opening um, in Old Town, you're hired through production services in Maine. And we do staging and lighting and all those sorts of things. And now it's another component that we do, which is the videography component. And we are working with um, one of our partners uh, down at Bernie's 
and Wally's in Hampton Beach, and we're doing some cool ideas with them. And, you know, again, it, it did, it came down to how do you pivot to be successful? Because if you don't, you're dead. Um, you know, and we, again, there is no positive really with anything going on, but we've been able to, um, I, I alluded to the restaurant, we're opening the, the restaurant club up in Old Town, um, Canoe, and we were able to take all of our resources that were supposed to be down on the waterfront and send them all to Old Town to finish the work there and finish it at a level of detail that I don't think we would have been able to hit again. So you just try to do the best through this and it's for everybody, you know, big company, small company, all you're trying to do is the best so that you can be successful on the other side of it. Um, we don't know what this looks like, you know, we're, we're in a business that, you know, we, we 250 people is not going to help us, you know, in no. our capacity. So we're really just kind of staying um, focused on what is the, what's in the immediate that's going to keep us viable long-term. And that's really the logistics at this point. Did you guys like, Obviously, we all played it by ear. I mean, in March, when this all hit, I mean, OBC closed on March 16th. Yep. Uh, we opened back up in July. But it was, I mean, you guys, we, I talked to uh, Jay and Will from the Comic-Con and about how they are planning, you have to plan this stuff. This is not as simple as us at Oregon Brewing Company being like, okay, on Saturday night, we're going to change your hours or we're going to be closed or we're going to be open. We basically were like, okay, we're open next week. We could do that. No problem. As long yeah. as I have the staff on board and all that stuff. You guys are, you have to plan these things. These, there's you know, tours things you plan in years in advance, there's times where you call up Ozzy and be like, hey, or Ozzy himself, but his management and be like, hey, we want to book you in Bangor. You're like, oh, we're not touring this year, but maybe next year. I mean, you have things that are years in advance tentatively yeah. put on the calendar. Um, did you just have to like sweepingly cancel summer? Like, did you, I mean, was there like, it's slowly been like, okay, we canceled May and we canceled June. And it was we really July. slow. It was really slow. It was, you know, that glimmer kind of just sitting there hoping, you know, it, when I was coming back from Sugarloaf, um, I just got to see a band uh, down in Columbia, South Carolina, um, called The Wedding Band. And it's, uh, Kurt, it's Kurt Hammett's band, uh, Robert Trio, and um, uh, the guy from Ugly Kid Joe. And my buddy, uh, he is a street performer, and he goes by Mrs. Smith, uh, sick guitarist, so talented. And he, she uh, was was lucky enough to get in this battle. It's called the wah off with the wah pedal with Kurt Hammond. So a friend from high school is playing on stage with two members of Metallica. I'm going. So we went down to South Carolina and we went to the show and I was like, okay, you know, we'd heard about Seattle was kind of getting a little weary and it seemed like it was, you know, a world away still at that point. And my wife and I came back and I went to Sugarloaf um, the following week. And as I was driving home from the loaf, I get a, the, notification on my phone and it's that it's closed for this evening and it was like what what you know i could not believe that they were closing sugarloaf so that was the first checkpoint in my mind as i look back that things were starting to go that way but we slowly just kept losing a show and losing a show and you know when i i kept telling people uh three weeks you know everybody will get you know in their house and we'll be fine here and and you know we'll get back to doing what we do and it really wasn't until june where we kind of all collectively looked at each other, took a deep breath and said, well, here's hoping for 2021. So, yeah. you know, we've been fortunate that we have right now going into 2021, not knowing what it is, but we've got 16 shows already booked and locked up and ready to go, you know, and we're not even into our booking season yet. So God willing, you know, that we can get into doing what we need to do and we'll be in a hugely successful position for next year. But again, we have to be re ready for 
that not be the case. Um, and it's for us, it's the long game and it's the big picture. And it's, we know concerts are going to come back. We know we're going to be able to do what we want to do. But if I keep gaining 20 pounds every summer because I'm not running it off with kegs, I'm going to be in real bad shape by the time we get back here because it is not ideal for myself and my wife does not like it one bit. So. It's funny how you say that because from March 16th until basically July 1st, I worked from home most of the time sitting at my desk and whatever. I mean, even when I'm at the office in Orono Brewing Company, I'm at my desk or out of my eight hour, 10 hour day, you know, four, six hours of that. But I have to get up a lot of times and run to the tasting room and check something up and then go yeah. back upstairs. And so I'm still moving. My house isn't that long to be able to go from point A to point B. I don't have any stairs. I have stairs, three steps to go to the outside of my car. So yes, you're right. I mean, it was this weird, I didn't get as many steps in. It was kind of crazy in that aspect of it. But did you have, were they canceling on you? Is that what it basically was? We're not touring anymore? Or was it times where, I mean, eventually you had to say, because we couldn't do capacity at one point, but like. I mean, it was pretty early that, that the, the state of Maine said no more. So it wouldn't have mattered. You know, KISS didn't cancel until two weeks before the show officially, right? But if KISS had said we're coming, we would have had to say, sorry, you can't because, you know, the, the guidelines were already in place. So we knew pretty early on that we weren't going to get to that point. But we are, you know, a lot of our tours are tours and they, they're figuring out their routing and everything else. So we can't say anything. We can't announce anything until the tour tells us what they want. So we're, we're kind of at their mercy in that regard. Fortunately, the collective breath was we can't do this. Um, and everybody had to kind of change focus. But we were fortunate enough to take the majority of the shows that we had already lined up and just roll them over to a similar date or a comparable date um, for, for 2021. But again, well, you know, we're, we're hopeful, but we'll see what happens then. It's funny because I'm looking at now, I'm looking at your, your affected waterfront concerts and seeing Martina McBride. I remember Mark in the office talking about scheduling heavy on that day at, at Woodman's because when Martina McBride plays a concert at Orno, the, the case that is likely pre-concert or post-concert, people are going to be coming to Woodman's after for drinks. Yeah. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, wait, Martina McBride, oh my God, that was, that was this year? And yeah. it's, just, it's so funny. It, it seems so long ago now that, that all this started. It just seems like it's part of life right now. And it's really weird in that aspect of it. But you're right. It was, funny at first. it was funny at first how long this year seemed. And now it's like, wow, you know, it, it really is. It's been, uh, it has been a long decade of this year. And, and it's, and it sucks for like my wife and I talk and laugh because it's like, people are always like, screw 2020, you know, like all the funny memes and all that stuff. I'm like, yeah, but we got married in 2020. So we can't say it's, we can't be like all sad about 2020. It's like, God damn it. But yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's, it's been a long time, but in the same sense, like we talked, I mean, someone emailed me last week asking if they could do a reunion because their 50th high school reunion was, was postponed because of COVID next summer on our patio. And I'm like, tentatively, yes. Like yeah. I can say, yes, let's have a conversation in the spring. But right now, I mean, I don't freaking know. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be a capacity of 100 for, for the entire 2020. I we don't know. And it's like, hopefully we can figure this stuff out because I do miss live music. I do miss, even if I can't get to a show, I do miss seeing the pictures that you guys post on your Facebook or Instagram or stories or whatever. I miss that aspect of it. It's like, it, it, there's something about a live performance um, that just, you know, I do, I did enjoy, there's a place in Wisconsin that back in 2006, 2007, was like a hardcore show venue sure. that they, they did live streaming and you could pay, you pay five bucks or 10 yeah. bucks or whatever it is. And you could watch the concert from the comfort of your own home and I could drink my own beer and, 
and, and watch the show. And um, that was pretty cool. But you can only do, like I said, you can only do that so much. There is a point where it's like, you know, if you were to book Run the Jewels, for an example, it's like, no, I'm going to be there. I'm, there's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. I'm going to be in the tenants watching the show. Um, I will be watching. They're doing a live stream on Adult Swim uh, Saturday yeah. night at midnight. Yeah. But if there's a choice between that and going to a live concert, I want to go to a live concert, especially for certain acts. Again, to me, there's a list of 10 that I'm gonna actually going to be like, I don't care what I'm doing. I'll postpone anything to go to sure. this thing. Um, but there's only so much that you can do live concert, live live streaming, before it's just like, okay, I'm just at my house. I mean, I can, might as well just put the album on, on vinyl right now. And listen to That's the really the big thing for me too. It's like, I, you know, and you have a similar kind of background in that respect. As far as I've been doing this for so long that it really takes a show that I'm super excited about to actually want to watch it. Right? Even when they come into our venue, half the time, like, yeah. But it's one of those where I can't watch a video or a live stream. I tried, like I tried, when, you know, the Dead and Company were doing the live shows at the beginning, just rebroadcast. Like that's great, but there is something to be said with, you know, with um, going to a concert and doing, you know, the full experience of that. And really, that's what we're backing on, right? Because at the end of the day, people want to get back into doing shows and being around shows and and, and having that experience and you know, it really is at the end of the day, that's going to be the thing that kind of, you know, catapults us back into, uh, into business when we get going. I mean, Joe Rogan spoke on his podcast about, uh, the quick rapid testing they have that they figured out somewhere and that you can like know within 45 minutes, I don't know how trustworthy it is or whatever, but he was mentioning for comedy shows or 400, 500 people that you show up an hour before the show, take quick tests. Okay. You pass, you're allowed to go in and, and, you know, the idea behind that, but like with, 10,000 people, it's a little bit more difficult if that's the case, because the fact that's a lot of testing that's, I mean, you'd have to show up two or three hours before the show, just to be able to get yeah. the show to start on time uh, and all that stuff. So it's really more something drastic where a lot of the measures have to be removed for you to actually put a concert on pretty much. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that people are going to want to come to, yeah. right. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know how excited people would be to come to a show, even if it's their favorite artist ever, if all of a sudden we have to slow things down to crawl. Um, to do all these testing, you know, tests and whatnot. I, I think that realistically, we are going to wait until, um, and, and I say we, meaning the collective live music at the, you know, it, business, you're going to have to wait until there is some sort of vaccine or um, instant test that is just a, you know, a to your head kind of situation. Um, because otherwise we can't, we can't be effective in what we're trying to do. Um, and and to keep our, our fans safe because that's at the end of the day what we're all trying to do. We're we're in a position where because there are a lot of people on top of each other, you know, you just you don't want to be the person that puts somebody else at risk. And you know, again, I think it comes down to what I've said a bunch of times here is we're here for the long game. You know, we need to be successful because we are, in my opinion, so important to this community. Um, I think that. So we go, so goes the neighborhood kind of deal, you know, and there really is an importance to us getting back to doing things, but making sure that when we're ready to do it, it's forever. It's not to shut back down because that would be the worst case scenario for everyone. If people start doing concerts again and there's, you know, a country festival at um, Gillette Stadium and all of a sudden they allow capacity 
and every single one of those people then gets 10 people sick and there's 7 million infected. You know, so that's that's what we're trying to avoid here. And that's, you know, that's why we'll, we'll continue to try to be as careful as possible. And hell, hell, there's a new parking lot across the street now, too, isn't there? They, they paved the uh, AutoZone parking lot. Is that, uh, do, do you know who owns it? Is that you guys or no? I don't know. I, no. Uh, I think smart. <laughs> I, I would love to. Um, it'll, it'll definitely help. There's, again, there are a ton of amenities that are coming um, that will really catapult us into the next level as far as venues um, that we're super excited about. They will be done for 2021 if that's the way that it looks like it's shaping up. And worst case, as far as I'm concerned, um, you know, hopefully knock on wood here, but you know, is that if the ultimate thing didn't happen, by the time we reopen, you are going to be walking into a place that you've never experienced before. And that this community in particular, this state, this region will be so proud of, but also people will flock here because of the experience that people will be able to enjoy. Um, even the elevation on the lawn, I don't know if you've noticed, but we went up another 15 feet. So it's a real, you know, it's a pitch when you're coming down and the whole top of the lawn will have concessions built in. Everything that you can get in the, you know, the concourse, you can now get on top of the lawn. So there isn't that bottleneck. There isn't the need for people to go down. There will be checkpoints and railings, you know, concrete everywhere and bathrooms, which everybody's really excited about. Um, so, you know, we're, we're very excited. And in the interim, we're, we're focusing on the restaurant and, and doing some really cool um experimental stuff there and, and having the roof deck that is like no place you've ever seen doing some smaller events and, and parties and rooftop yoga and all of these sorts of things which are just you know it's a smaller smaller type of entertainment and god knows you know i had no intention of getting back into the restaurant business but here we are and it is it's if this is what we need to do um hey we get to do it i don't even say need to do it. we get to do it. it's still fun and it's cool and it's something different um, and it's going to be something that will hopefully be the first step in a multiple, you know, step process to bring Old Town onto the music map because we're building a, we have a 200 person nightclub that's ready to open on the second floor. And we're going to build, you know, a 1,000 to 2,000 person uh, rock club right next door and have it be, you know, a mecca for people to be able to come and see some live music all year round. And that's personally, uh, that's the most attractive thing to me. I mean, when I heard you guys talking about Canoe in, in that block, first of all, you know, props to you and the group, the, the, the people behind it because of the fact that Old Town is such an underserved community that it would be really cool to have something of substantial effort put into. And when you look at a picture of the Canoe, uh, just so anybody's listening, it's K-A-N-U on Facebook. You see the pictures of the rooftop. It's, it's insane that you would think that that's Old Town. Like you would, you would think that's Boston. Yeah, excuse me, Portland in the old port or, or, or any of those places like that. So it's really cool to see that. But for me personally, the 1,000 person venue next door is the, the, the venue that I, there's a lot more bands that I like that are in that 1,000 to 2,000 capacity people than there are the 10,000 capacity people. So like if I were to go to listen through my Spotify you know, playlist, a lot of those people are the people that, you'd be, that used to be booked at Ushuaia, you know, that used to be booked at those, those kind of venues that it's like, your small acts that are not quite the stadium tours yet. And it's, it's, you know, I see you guys had under oath at the waterfront yeah. as part of the, 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 the festival, but that's, they, that I've seen them eight or nine times, seven or eight of those times have been in places that are like a uh, station in Portland. Yeah. Like those kind of places where it's like, you can't put mo under oath headlining at the waterfront concerts would not work. Right. It, it'd have to be in a place that's a thousand people, 1500 people, because of the fact that, 
they don't have as big a following as Metallica or sure. Ozzy or in like those places. So I understand that's what I'm looking forward to. And it may not be all heavier shows, but some independent, I mean, Chris Webby, you know, those kind of places, people from Connecticut who, again, I saw him in Portland, uh, but not at an arena. I saw him at a, a club. It's, it's, it's those, those different places. Oh, man, I mean, that's, you're exactly right as far as that kind of artist. I mean, we had Webby with the hot show down in, down in Westbrook and he pulls. And that's the kind of cool thing, you know, to your point that we're excited about bringing to Old Town. You know, we're, we're actively involved in it. Alex is a point of pride with the community being from here and with the Old Town new connection and all those sorts of things. And, you know, we're, we're actively trying to make it something that we're not just passively involved in for the sake of um, the club being successful, but, you know, we want to encourage other people to open businesses there and to, to open an Irish pub or whatever it might be. And, you know, I'm sitting on the economic development board for them now to try to find some ways to to bring in those kinds of people because it really is for us, you know, a way to have it so that we have a 200 person nightclub, a 1200 person nightclub, a 4,000, 5,000 person place down in Westbrook, and then the big amp. And you're able, as you know, to cultivate those relationships from their beginnings. And, you know, Hailstorm are some of our favorite people. You know, we've been dealing with them since the club days and they love to play with us because we make sure that they're taken care of. They know us, they trust us. And those are cool feelings when they come back and they know you and they say, hey, Chris, how's it going? And like, you know, that's a great feeling that these bands remember what you bring to the table. And that's what we're hoping to do with, you know, the next generation of groups is bring them from the, you know, the, the bottom, if you will, all the way up. You know, I, I personally want to see an animal suit drive by reunion, but that seems to be, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, but. It's, I had a hard drive. Speaking of that, I had a hard drive that I, I, I had a smaller MacBook Pro hard drive, like the actual disc in the computer. And so a lot of my stuff I stored in an external hard drive. And, and uh, when I got this new MacBook as a terabyte, so I was able to move some stuff over, but I still kept stuff on the old hard drive. And I got a new USB-C hard drive and it was working great. And then it started like not working the greatest. It was like, loading way fast and, yep. and all this other stuff so i was like really scared because literally i was explaining to my brother i was like the funniest thing was it wasn't about hardly anything else on the hard drive it was like i still have the unreleased at the very end of the killing moon i had their unreleased track that they put out like on whatever it was and i downloaded it probably illegally off of youtube or something like that and i kept it and i love it it's one of my favorite songs that they ever put out and i'm like oh my god i'm gonna lose that that's Every, what I was worried about. I wasn't worried about like honeymoon yeah. photos or it was like the yeah. old Killing Moon song. That's funny because I actually have a hard drive that got destroyed. And that was one of the biggest things that was on it. Like I had probably 9,000 pictures of my kids growing up and I was kind of like, but my Killing Moon. So I had to call Jeremy and Chris and be like, I'm going to need more copies. Because <laughs> that's what's important. It's funny. It's funny how you say that too. I was like, speaking of Ushuaia, I think I have a DVD that I think I set up recorded and recorded with my camcorder at Ushuaia of yep. one of their final shows that they put on as The Killing Moon. And I think it's one of those things that I've, I've thrown away movies and DVDs and all that stuff over the years, home done videos. And that's one of the ones that I've kept because it was just like, they just had so much fun. It was not like, it was just watching them play. It was like, it was just like your friends playing. I mean, it was they're because the they're all the same age as me, but like. In the world, they really are. And it's funny that, you know, we started this conversation talking about Kabang to have you know, them have played in 2009 and, and know that that was the, really the last time they ever played together. I, you know, I begged and borrowed and just pretty much 
you know, offering them whatever to come and, and hang out and play because, you know, that's the stuff that was so important in the music scene here. And, and that's where, at its core, I think why Bangor has been so successful in particular in Maine, the Maine music scene is outstanding, you know, all around, right? Like they've done a great job in Portland and, and I think that they don't, you know, they don't need us as far as that goes because they've been doing it so well for so long. But there's a real point of pride um, with Maine musicians in particular. There's also such a willingness for Maine fans to just wrap their arms around a band that they truly believe in. And, you know, there's a reason when Kenny Chesney comes, he does his only, you know, his only costume change on his entire tour because our fans heckled him into doing it because they're a special breed. They want to, you know, it was supposed to be the No shoe, uh, no Shoes no Nation, you know, Nation Tour or whatever, it's No Shoes Nation Tour. And he came out in cowboy boots and these two women in the front row were giving him crap saying, I thought this was supposed to be, you know, a beach tour. So he ran off stage and put on his, his flip-flops, his shorts and his Red Sox hat. And the next day he was on Good Morning America and he talked about the fact that Bangor was his favorite place he's played on his tour. And that's why he comes back every year. And that for us was one of those that set the tone for us, especially with the country community, that Bangor is a place you want to play. And it's because our fans are so spectacular. And it's been like that for years. It's, it's transitioned to the waterfront concerts. But when I was in high school, how many different places were there to play local shows? There was 15 or, 10 or 15 places in the greater Bangor area that you could see these local main acts that, that played from Bucksport to Bangor to Orono. And there isn't that anymore. And so there isn't that many anymore. So the one cool thing I would think is that maybe it's, you know, you're going to have that act that come in. You're going to have, obviously, you're going to have more nationwide acts come to fill a 1,000 person capacity, 2,000 person capacity venue. But the local person is going to, you're going to, you're likely going to be able to throw a local act on to open for that person. And that's kind of a cool way because that's like, it was one of the coolest things you ever experienced to see friends of yours be up on stage. And like you mentioned, you went all the way to the Carolinas to get to see your friend perform with someone. But back when I was in high school, it was like, oh my gosh, can you believe that this person opened up for this person? Yeah. And to me, it was the stupidest person. They're not even a band anymore. But like to me, it was huge. Yeah. So seeing that local thing, that local flavor, and, and to see people like Kenny Chesney say that their favorite places to come is is Bangor. To me, people it's don't even know where Bangor is. No. And to me, it's really cool because again. Under Oath is one of my favorite bands of all time. And, and when I was able to see Under Oath on their tour flyer and next to it, a little dash that says Bangor, Maine, I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> the yeah. childhood Justin was just like, oh my God. And then it went on further to other big acts, you know, Ozzy, Kiss, all these other people that have their name and see Bangor, Maine on it. My dad moved me up here when I was 10 years old. I didn't know where Bangor was. And to see all that, what you guys have been able to do and then the community has been able to embrace and then the economy adding hotels, the casino, all that stuff is pretty cool too. Yeah. I mean, you know, listen, I have been, I can, you know me, I, I look like I'm tired right? and I look like I'm beat up, but I would trade it in every year to be able to keep doing what we're doing. I mean, 15 year old me, the fact that I'm able to, to meet childhood heroes or at least, you know, drool next to them as they're standing there, you know, uh, for my perfect one was when Greg Allman came, we had him on the pier and, you know, I saw the Allman Brothers 30 times. Like the, I, that was just the band that my buddies and I went and saw every year and, and sometimes sober, not, not more than <laughs> twice probably. But, uh, you know, we went and saw them every year. It was a pilgrimage for us. And to have had 
you know, to meet Greg and to talk to him. He just lost his mother at the time. Um, and to be able to give him my condolences and have him be appreciative of that uh, was, was an amazing experience. And, you know, I, I joked at one point because we had government mule and Tedeschi trucks and all these sorts of things. And I was putting together my Allman Brothers set um, because we couldn't get them all at once, but I could piecemeal it together and get them through. So, you know, there's, there's something to be said with having, helping, helping kids and helping that generation, even my age, um, you know, to be able to see bands like Van Halen, you know, with Eddie passing, like have brought them to Bangor, like, give me a break. Like, how great is that? You know? And, and that's the thing that really, for me, keeps it going because, you know, I, I don't watch concerts very much anymore. So it's not a selfish reason that we started doing this. We wanted to do something, you know, again, and talk to, to Josh Gass and, and the original days. And it was, you know, we wanted to do something so that we could have something to do. Um, and the reason why Waterfront Concerts is here is because Alex wanted to have something in his backyard. He wanted to, to get out of bed and be home and do tours and, and be able to do concerts and to be able to have this be something that has transformed a place that people were flocking away from and have them come back. It, it's, it's amazing. And even when we built the cross center and that was getting built and the arena was going on, the one thing that I said, I had two babies who are now not babies in at the time and the way that i have lived with and have surrounded myself with people who have the same mentality is if you're living here and you're not making it a place where your kids can stay and work and live then you're doing a disservice because i want my kids to be able to travel and go to boston or california or wherever in the world they want to go but i don't want them to have to live here i want them to be able to stay if they want to and that's what we try to do every single day going forward is make this a place where people are proud to be, excited to be, and have opportunities to do things. My brother, you know, my brother and my nephew are both now up here. I was up here alone for 20 years. And my brother moved up here and now works in a hotel up here. And my nephew's going to Husson. And my brother's 40. And he said to me, he said, what took me so long? And that's pretty amazing considering it used to be, when are you moving back? You know, so it's uh, it's outstanding. It is something to say about you guys, you Alex and all the crew from Waterford Concerts that you did it in Bangor, and it is because of Alex being from here and all that stuff. And you, you but it's easy, it's way would have been way easier to do it in Portland, like a hundred percent easier just to do it somewhere closer, bigger population, closer to Boston, easier traveling, airport right there that's bigger. Um, but it's something to say about Bangor. It's the same thing I'll always say about Abe and Heather uh, at Orono Brewing Company. They could have easily taken uh, OBC when we expanded it, moved it to Bangor. Yeah, but they did it in Orno because that's their backyard. That's where they wanted to 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 support the economy and, and the people of Orno. And we built this facility in Orno that's that's going to be here forever. It's we're not going anywhere. We're going to supply the rest of the state. I mean, hopefully there's going to be a couple of draft lines that canoe with Orno Brewing Company on it. Um, I would think that's. Yeah. I, I think I think uh, Cal already talked to Dina anyway, so I think we're 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 working on it anyway. Yeah, but uh, the uh, the idea that it's right here in your backyard, and now there's all these different things like you know. My wife and I mentioned we're not going anywhere. Like, there's no, someone has to offer me a vastly superior amount of money that changes the lifestyle of how I live my life to live in a different place. Like, it, it has to be this, this, this groundbreaking, in, you know, in, innovative thing or a lot of money to not live in this area. I mean, I live in Warrington and it's, it's not that far from Bangor and, and not far from work in Orono. 
And I just love it. I could easily raise a family here. I could easily, you know, I'm going to make money. I'm going to have great friends and people around me. When I moved back in 2016, I didn't want to move back. I, mean, yeah. I was living outside of Boston. Like, <laughs> I had everything at my fingertips. I was a sports fan, so I could go see the Red Sox game. I could see the Bruins. I could see the Celtics. I could, I could go to concerts. I could, there's beer. There's, you know, New York City is not that far away. I could travel. It's easy. But when I got back to Bangor, within weeks of being back here, I was just like, oh. I went and saw um, Blink-182 when they came here in 2016. Brian, my buddy Brian Keezer, his wife was pregnant. And she's just like, I don't think I can stand on my feet the whole time. So she gave me my, her ticket. And Brian and I went to the concert together. And I have a picture that I use all the time for when him and I are on the podcast together that was one of the best experiences that I ever could have had coming back to Bangor. Yeah, and That show back in 2016 was unbelievable they put on. And it was just like, oh my gosh, this is Bangor? Like, I don't remember this. I mean, again, the last time I saw a live show in, in the Bangor area was at Ushuaia. Right. That says something. I mean, like, that's a long time ago. Well, so it's know, just that, unbelievable. And that's the thing with, you know, not an absence makes the heart grow fonder thing. But I think that, you know, people, the overwhelming response I get from people is how much they miss the concerts and, and live music. And I think whether that's at our venue or at the venues in Portland or, you know, Boston or wherever it might be, people just, you know, music is a different beast. And, you know, to, to have that sort of hold, if you're a person who is a freak for live music and, and loves it so much, it really is something that's hard to, to find an alternative solution for. Um, you know, and it does, it invokes, even Blink-182, right? Like, how ridiculous is it that we're still like, yeah, Blink-182, same with Fall Out Boy when they came. You know, my daughter met Pete Wentz and she was, you know, 10 and she already knew who he was and this is the greatest, you know? And to invoke those memories for people that want to go see a show, like for me, the first show I ever got paid, paid to work was Motley Crue. <laughs> so for me, as someone who grew up with that, you know, my brother every day, like it, you couldn't have done the last show I had paid to go to was Motley Crue. So it was just, it was this whole full circle thing. And, and you know, to, I had bought tickets for Fish and 13. And then I had to sell them because I, I work here, you know, and, and to have these bands that just, you know, again, I'm spoiled because I, it doesn't register a lot of the time. Um, but man, do I miss working in live music right now? You know, I just miss it every day. And it's so, it's such a huge part of who I am. Um, you know, and, and as I've missed it, parts of me have grown because I'm not running around. Um, I'm not doing this for the spreadsheets. I can tell you that a hundred percent. Um, I usually like taking four months off where my work lags a little while we do concerts. And that has not been the case this year. Now it's just lagging because I'm terrible at it. Um, but I'll that's tell you right now, I'll tell you right now that you say you miss it. I guarantee you, you'll realize when it comes back, how much you actually miss it more than you do right now. Because yeah, even me, I mean, I miss being around the customers and talking to customers and, and, and the regulars that would come in and, and, Having Abe come in and change the music to reggae and, you know, changing kegs and all that stuff. I was like, in April and May, I was like, oh, I missed that. Yeah. But it wasn't until I actually got back to doing it to realize how much I actually missed it and how much more. I mean, you might miss it crazily, but like when May comes around, June comes around, you're, you're actually in the thick of things and, and running from place to place because things something's not going right. You get frustrated because it's not going right. But in the same sense, you'll go, oh. So good to be back. So happy. Yeah, for sure. 
And even for you with the amount of people that you deal with, like the thousands of crowds and the people in the concerts, and it's also going to give you a sense of normalcy as well back again. Like, I feel like when that happens again, it's like, okay, someone's playing live music on a stage in downtown Bangor with thousands of people watching it. The world is back to somewhat normal now. Like now yeah. we know, and that's a kind of a cool thing too, because you'll be back to your job or you're at your job, but like back to what you want to do. Right. To two different, two completely different things for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, you're right. It, Bangor will know collectively that we're we're almost there or we're okay when we start doing shows because again, we're not going to do it haphazardly. We're not going to do it unless we're sure we can, you know, guarantee not guarantee, but that we can try our best or do our best to keep our fans safe. Um, and that's been our, our our idea since the beginning. I mean, you know, the lines that we complain about are there because we're trying to keep you safe. You know, in my ideal world, you don't have to walk through a metal detector, but this is not, this is not the world that we had been used to. Um, and as it continues to change and, and, you know, become safer or less safe, we're going to adapt and, and make it so that everybody's experience is, is as good as possible. And again, it's, it's where we've been conscious to, we at first were conscious to make sure that the artist fan, our artist experience was as good as possible so that they would come back. We put all our efforts into making our amenities backstage unbelievable. Now it's time for the fan to reap the benefits of what they've been able to help us provide. I can't wait. I mean, I, I just, I, I can't wait because I feel like I'm going to be at the first concert of the season just because I want to, like, I don't care who it is. It could be the, could be someone I absolutely hate. I'm going to be like, I want to be there. I want to, yeah. I want to get a beer and some, and some hot dog and sit there and watch whatever live music is going on in Bangor. For but sure. can you, can you buy tickets right now for those concerts? Or are you waiting? No. So I guess, you know, in, I guess ideally you could, but why would you, you know, every ticket that was purchased already, um, if people decided to hold on to them, they are honored. Um, if they decided to trade them in, we're just, you know, to have people buy them again, to have to, you know, whatever happens, you know, either honor them or not. I'd rather come back in February and say, tickets are now on sale for the 2021 season, you know, and be totally fine with it. Cool. But I mean, is there, do you guys have a list of concerts that are coming up on your website? Or are you still working on that? So we won't start announcing the next year's schedule until we are ready to fire. Okay. Um, the ones that have been postponed, obviously people can get access to because they, they were given dates and all that kind of stuff. But as far as announcing anything new, it's coming, you know, God willing, it's coming here in another three months. This is usually the time when we start to fire, you know, when we really start to, to put things together and, and we're treating it as such, you know, we're, we're selling our season ticket packages and we're selling um, our sponsorships and we're selling everything because our plan right now is to, um, to go forward until we're told we can't. And, and, you know, we'll do the best that we can. And like I said, we'll focus on the immediate, which is canoe and, and being successful there. Um, and then as we need to, we will, we'll change the way we do things. And the cool thing this year, at least, is we have a good lead time that we can start to be creative internally so that if it doesn't look like it's going to go to full or whatever it might be, we can start to then come up with concepts to keep people engaged. Um, so I'm going to ask you the annoying question that people asked us that were in a brewing company before we opened. When are you going to open a canoe? Yeah. <laughs> so soon we're, uh, we're doing a, uh, we're doing a preview um, coming up here uh, at the end of the week for um, the people who built it and some of the, the distributors and whatnot. And uh, you know, it's, it's about there. Uh, we're, we're hiring. Uh, we're going to start training the staff. Uh, I have my first, my final round of interviews, I think is in the next week or so. 
and then we'll start training staff and getting them hired and getting them ready to go. And, and we're, we're right there. I mean, the building is spectacular and I'm so excited to be able to see it. You will not find anything like this. Um, honestly, like you said, north of Boston, at least, it is something special, really. It's the only reason I'm still like, oh, yeah, restaurant, we'll go back into it again. Because otherwise, I, I really had, uh, you know, it's, it's not something that was in my peripherals for sure. That's awesome. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm going to have to message you and see if I can come by and see a sneak peek of uh, what you hear there. You can probably work. But I really appreciate you coming on and talking music. I mean, I miss it. I can't wait to see you at a concert running around like a chicken with its head cut off. And I'll and be just... smiling next time, I bet. I'll be at least on the inside for sure. Maybe not on the outside. I got to work on that. Something I've just lost over the past couple of years because I just, it is. You know, we were doing there for a couple of years. I mean, we're doing 50, 55, 60 concerts in a summer. And as much as I love it, that's a lot. So I mean, yeah. I've been there. So when, when you see you running from place to place, I'm just like, hey, because it's probably the only time I'm going to see you. So, hey, yeah. I want to make sure you stay high, stay high to you. But I know what you were doing. You were putting out a fire or yeah. trying to fix something. And, and I remember that from I, I said I worked at Soulfest and I was the person who ran the heavier stage. And so I was making sure artists got to catering and, and all that stuff. And someone would come over and say hi to me and they get all pissed at me because I didn't actually like sit down and have a conversation with them. I'm like, right. but I'm working. You're right. here as a, as a person. I'm working. Like, you know, I gotta, this is what we gotta get to this concert on. So that's why I understand it. That's funny you say that because obviously I was at Patty's for a long time and um, I had gone in and I, I got carded and it was hilarious because I, I got carded. I'm already, anyway, but I, so I went into the kitchen as one well, does because a jerk and sat at the bar anyway. Um, and they were like, oh no, that's Rudolph. And they were like, oh, okay. And the, one of the customers or one of the guests that came up to the bar, um, patrons, if you will, said, oh, you know, why don't you come out anymore? You don't come out anymore. I said, I was never out. Like I was working. I was being paid to be here. Like I'm not, like going out to the bars is something that I'm just not good at. So I, I just don't. I like being on the other side of it. Mm -hmm. So I love the atmosphere of being in, you know, in that environment, just like you, you know, I love it, but I don't want to be, every time a dish breaks, if I'm sitting at a booth trying to enjoy dinner, I want to go there. I want to grab the food. Well, how right. many, have you ever, I mean, you've obviously done this, bust the table oh, on yeah. the way to the bar, like yeah. you grab the glasses and bring them to the bar with you. Oh, that yeah. person didn't pick up their glass where it's like, yeah. someone looks at you like, you don't work here or, or even at Orno Brewing Company when I'm not working, I'm like, Oh, look at this. And they're like, Justin, we can do that. And I'm like, no, 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 it's just habit. It's like every time I, I've been gone from Patty's for nine years. And every time I end up busting a table and they're just, <laughs> they don't even know me anymore. There's like the bartender knows me and he's like, oh, who's thanks. the creepy old dude? Yeah. Why is that guy grabbing things? But like me, I worked here one time. <laughs> one time I, a long time ago. <laughs> get that out of my system. And, you know, I still, the funny thing is I still talk to people like I'm 15 years old. And I think I am the youngest, coolest person. And I'm so far removed now that when my children who are 15 years old now look at me with that disdain, I'm like, oh, no. But maybe they're not cool because I'm super cool, you know? So, I well, know. yeah, your kids will tell you you're not cool. And I, I, you are old. One of them did just get their permit, right? Yep. Yep. That's it. There you go. You're old now. Two of them have their permit. And oh. the other one is she's a 45-year-old seventh grader. So she's... Uh, <laughs> She's something else. But I, uh, I really I, I, appreciate you coming on, man. It was fun. I, uh, again, I think that people will be really excited about things we have going. And, you know, 
All, all anybody can do right now is support anybody that they can. Find that business that you love and wrap your arms around it. And even if it's just one place over and over again, you know, just take care of everybody because that's what we do up here. And with all of the, the nonsense going on, you know, as far as everybody just seeming to be at everybody's throat, um, just focus on the things that they make you happy and that you love and just, just keep going. And, and one thing I will say quickly, uh, and it's not a, a shame on anybody, but if you go check out Canoe when they open or you come to Oran Over Rink or your patties or whatever, and you're a regular and you've been there a lot and you're just slowly drinking. It, stay for a little bit and then let someone else, if there's a wait, let someone else get in there and have a table. That's one of the things that I've not financially, because Orner Brewing Company is doing fine. There's no issues there. But like the idea behind not everybody can experience the same experience you're having sure. if you sit there for three hours and drink two beers, because there are there usually is a wait list on Friday and Saturday nights at a lot of these places. And I'm sure you're going to experience this like canoe at the very, very beginning. Go in there, have some food, drink some beers, stay for a little bit, but also be aware there's a line of people waiting to get in that you let someone else have that experience as well. Yeah, so. it's the Christmas tree lighting outside of the window in West Market Square where we get the campers. So, you know, you're right. It is a time when we are limited in what we can do and we're trying to give everybody the best experience. But, you know, let's give everybody some experiences. Everybody needs them right now. But so waterfrontconcerts.com is any information you can find out about that. Do you have a Canoe website right now or is it just Facebook? It's coming. It is on okay. Facebook. And then uh, canoe.com will be the website as soon get it launched but like i said it's all coming real soon and uh, i appreciate the time today justin i really appreciate it chris i uh I'll, we'll be posting this as we record on a monday but it's coming out on a wednesday so everybody um but yeah uh follow uh at waterfront concerts on instagram facebook all that different stuff and canoe uh chris i really appreciate it uh we'll talk again sometime maybe we'll talk again when there's actually concerts going on or just before this concert's going on i so don't care promote something we're going to go and find some of the members of Animal Soup and we're going to make them flavor us while we're drinking beer one way or the other. I don't care if it's in a basement and they're chained up. It's happening. Coming for you. Amazing. <laughs> so I really appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, have a good day. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it.